Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. We're glad to have with us on the line via Zoom, we have Laban Marsh. He is a principal at Marsha Marsh Real Estate. Hey, Laban. Good to see you, Joel. And we've got Megan Marsh. She's a principal at Colab Lending on Peach Street there. Megan, great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. All righty. I want to, uh, we're in family show. We like the origin stories. Uh, Megan, tell us how you met Laban and uh, how you got involved in uh, real estate mortgages and so on. Yeah, so we met at the University of Connecticut, and I got a job in Manhattan, and Laban moved home to Erie and started selling with his mother, Marsha Marsh. And so when he said, hey, why don't you move to Erie? Because I don't think there's many houses we can buy in in uptown Manhattan. We figured that out pretty quickly, and uh, it really was a fantastic way for us to to build a foundation with real estate because it was affordable as, you know, two 23 and 25 year old kids at the time. And it's Erie has served us wonderfully. So that was how we ended up being here. Let's just make it clear. There is no comparison to let's say the ultra thin towers in Midtown with their $63 million condos and even the most expensive property you're going to find in Erie County, right? That is absolutely correct. The apartments are ridiculous. I mean, it is so insane. And, and I remember people telling me when we decided, when I decided to move to Erie, they're like, you're moving where? From Manhattan to where? And, um, you know, but there's so many, I think you can do wonderfully and you can make your dreams come true no matter what it is, no matter where you go. It's just figuring out what you want and each place has its own opportunities. And um, Laban's going to poke me after this that, you know, I, I do. I think Erie has been a great place for us to build a business and a family and be able to afford things that we just couldn't have done in other places. All right, Laban, let's go to you. Let's start on the real estate side here. And again, this is something we've been tracking for maybe every six months. We we have an expert come on to tell us where things are at. Um, things started getting off of the typical when? Was it before the pandemic or with the pandemic? Well, interestingly, the end of 2019, we felt a major momentum shift because if you can remember back to 2017, 2018, prices were kind of suppressed, even though rates uh, and actually at that point, rates had crept up a little bit. Um, and so going into 2020, we thought it would be a banner year because 2019 started to see, and this was especially investment property, multiple offers well over asking price on cash flowing assets. And then the pandemic hit, we got shut down. Those of us in property management kept going, um, but inventory, just people took their homes off the market. And so we all thought that once they turned us, you know, from red to yellow, we'd see more inventory. Uh, and I can tell you right now, there are 277 active listings residentially in Erie County. And so 
<laughs> typically we'd be seeing anywhere from a thousand to twelve hundred. Uh, are you serious? In the fall, even we'd see a yeah. thousand to twelve hundred active listings. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And and so as I look through comparing, you know, getting ready for this between twenty one and twenty two statistics. 22's numbers are down in the overall market as far as sales. But it's what's the craziest? There's a lot of churn, right? The pending homes, there's still a lot of homes that are pending. Um, and But what we're not seeing is a lot of new construction, right? And that's what builds that future inventory. Um, so the fact that we've been two years consistently since the pandemic of really low inventory. Um, and now understand the last year and a half, the last 18 months, if it came up, it went pending almost immediately. Right. Um, and so that is still happening with good quality listings that are turnkey, meaning updated and, and in the styles of, you know, the year 2022-ish. Um, but there, there's still a churn. So people are out there looking. Um, and I know we'll go to Meg for some of the interest rate things. But we have always said People think about two things when they're buying a home as far as cost. It's what do I have to get put down to get into it total? Right. And what's my monthly payment going to be? And so that second part of what's my monthly payment going to be, that is what has changed so much as opposed to how much money I need down. Because there's still a lot of great programs, but the people who look for the last two years and haven't found the right thing, their, their price point has had to adjust, which has then made those listings just start to plateau they're not we're not coming down in value and that's in part because of the cost of construction which that's going to again be uh exploited with hurricane ian and so there's been a number of factors but relatively speaking prices have continued to stay strong and, and keep going up again because of cost of construction um, but inventory is so low that the supply and demand still favors the seller at this point, if they're priced appropriately. Okay, so let me. Surprising. Oh, what's that now? Which is surprising because, you know, I think part of this whole, you know, everything that's happening, Erie, I remember probably a year or two before the demand, the, the housing supply was so low in Erie. Laban, you and I used to say, you know, oh, well, that doesn't happen here in Erie. Like we'd hear of other markets where they're, you know, they just didn't have the, the inventory and it wasn't happening here. We didn't have multiple offers back four years ago and now we do. And it is so interesting with rates going up that there still is such a supply shortage. Can you tell me if this is, uh, is this a structural change to the Erie housing market? As far as you can tell that, that we have kind of turned a page from that, um, it, a house sits for 60 days on the market and maybe you get a nibble and maybe you have to drop every three weeks, five or 10 grand on your asking. I mean, that's what I grew up with, Laban, uh, up until like five minutes ago. Yeah. Well, and I think between 2008, the start of the recession, and then 2018, there was people were moving out of necessity and that was it. But what they were doing was they were improving their personal residence. For instance, there was a home that sold multiple, like 18 offers over asking price in East Mill Creek. And it was built in 03, but had a new kitchen done in 2018. So when it hit the market in 2020, 
you couldn't compare it to the other homes in the neighborhood that were built in 03 because this now had a new kitchen, $50,000, $60,000 kitchen. So when buyers are looking and they look at both of them, they're saying, well, the one with the new kitchen and all the updates is what I want. I see that on HGTV. So that I felt like 08 to 2018, there wasn't a lot of movement necessarily, but people were improving their home. They saw that real estate, of all the things that crashed in Erie, you didn't really lose the value of your home if you were frugal. You know, which I upgraded from cheap to frugal in the recession. So we're we're a frugal people, and we know the cost of things. Uh, and so what's really interesting is that there's a lot of markets, like in Summit Township specifically, there's six active listings, all right? And in Summit of those, there, there's 10 pending. Of the 10 pending, three are new construction. Three are new construction, which seems like, okay, that's half of inventory. But Summit has been building 20 new homes a year for the last 20 years. And so it slowed down in Summit. It has yeah. slowed in Milford for a while. And what, um, what is what is the uh, entry cost of a, a new construction in Summit? And, again, you've got low taxes. Summit is a very desirable area. Yeah, I, I, it's really hard to build for under $200 a square foot. Um, so in Summit Township, there's not many homes for sale under 250 Okay. Um, and, and it's hard to build anything new for under three and a quarter, three fifty. So right. uh, it just depends on again the area you're at. Summit Township is very desirable because again low taxes, uh, all those factors. Um, and there's one more point that I'll I want you to have me back on once this is announced. But we didn't do a 2022 reassessment since 02, 2012, and I am really curious because if a lot of people look at their what they've paid for homes for the last two years and what their assessed value is, we were due for a reassessment in 22. And so it'll be interesting, but we don't have the funds. We don't have the organizational uh, ability in the county. But it's really interesting when we look at values, uh, and there was a time where it's like, okay, well, you can justify your offer based on the assessed value. The assessed value is virtually, virtually irrelevant to the fair market value to those of us, you know, selling homes. But it has to be a factor that we and Meg with the, the financing, when you look into rolling in your, your you know, the acronym PITI, P-I-T-I, Principal Interest Taxes and Insurance, you know, the taxes depend on are you in Summit, are you in the city, Mill Creek, Harbor Creek. Um, but those are things where, again, that that's something that I'm keeping an eye on and I don't know what will happen with it. Um, but, yeah, it, it's Still supply and demand, low inventory, but the good quality inventory that's priced right is moving quickly still. You have to be out there looking, and that's why we haven't really had a slow season. You know, the fall leads the winter, and people, it's been moving it's, it's to the last few I anticipate it will continue to. Let's right off the top here, explain your mortgage company, because I think it's it's a bit different than, let's say, a typical uh, uh, savings and loan or, you know, some of the other ways that people have purchased their mortgages, right? Correct. And the easiest way that I explain it is when you are going to get a mortgage, you can go to your bank that you have your bank accounts with. You can go to what are called retail banks. That's like your big online rocket mortgages. Then you also have mortgage brokerages, which are typically in your local markets, like we're here in Erie and a couple other locations throughout the state of PA. And all we do is mortgages. So 
Laban, who we're talking to here, had a shoulder replacement. Would Laban, when he needed to go get his shoulder looked at, would he go to a family physician to have them look and maybe do the surgery on his shoulder? Right. Probably not. You probably want to go to that specialist. And really, mortgages have gotten very complicated, very complicated over the last 15, 20 years. And so, you know, once I got into this industry, if you go to your bank, they're going to have your your basic products. They're going to have, you know, the the things that, you know, I mean, say a fraction of the buyers could use. But what we find is a lot of buyers, first time home buyers or specialty products, they're not going to have those products. They're like the general doctor. If you walk into your bank, they do a little bit of car lending. They do a little bit of mortgages. They do a little bit of bonds. And so, in my opinion, uh, going to a mortgage broker, that's your specialist, and this is the biggest purchase that you're going to make financially. So I believe very strongly in um, being able to have consumers that they have options and they're working with that specialist. And that's what we do here at Colab. All right. So talk about how you've seen what has happened, because I have a, a relative of mine he bought literally at the bottom of the market as far as rate. I think he's paying 2.65. Um, and, uh, yeah, you'd love to have that one back, right? But uh, uh, tell us how it went down, and then now where is it at, and where is it going? Yeah, I mean, I was just saying, so I got into this industry 2004, and rates were uh, a little bit, they were in the sixes. Right now, rates uh, this week are in the sevens, and I'm sorry, rates are still in the sixes, upper sixes. Everything's dependent. The The problem is that everyone's been used to the last three or four years when they've seen these rates, you know, 15 years in the twos, and then you're 30 years in the threes. So it's like sticker shock right now, but the thing is most people, and I believe, Laban, you said this in the beginning, Really, most people care about what is the payment and how much money do I need? And the the problem is that, you know, you see the feds are meeting, they're changing stuff, and the feds are right now trying to change some of the things that are going on out there in the economy um, because prices went up so fast, so now rates are going up. This is the fastest I've ever seen rates change. Typically, I mean, we could go through a whole year and rates really didn't vary. You, you know, you could wait till the next day to lock in. Sometimes our rates are changing every 30 minutes to an hour. We talk to someone and it changes before we can even get it locked in. Wow. And that is a that's a really hard thing for consumers to understand because, you know, you go buy a TV or even a car and it is what it is. It's not like that. It's like the stock market right now. It's like the stock market. It's changing all the time. And so it's hard on the industry and it's hard on the consumer to feel like they're working with, you know, an honest person, I think. Um, but the biggest thing that I would tell people who are looking right now is that these rates are still good. And to focus on that payment and how much you need, there's still so many great products out there. And especially for, you know, if you're buying one of your first houses, I think because some people, the consumer index right now, people believe it's not a good time to buy. They think that prices are at the top and they think that rates are really high. 
Well, we just came out of a market where rates were in the twos and threes and there were 20 offers against each other. So thinking about what would you rather be in? Would you rather be up against 20 offers having to go over the asking price by 20, 30,000, waiving your inspections, doing all these things just to get your offer accepted? Or would you rather start getting back into a normal market, normal interest rates? It's just finding your payment that fits and finding how much money you need, but being able to put yourself in a more advantageous you know, position, I feel like. And that's, that's what we're, where we're trying to get back to, I think, in this market. Let me ask you, because, again, I know very little about the mortgage markets, but uh, in my conversations with Laban, with Marsha and other real estate experts, we've always talked about how Erie is a little different. Erie doesn't go to the deep lows or go to the high highs in these cycles. What about uh, eligibility and available uh, cash when it comes to eerie home buyers, are we kind of treated equal with the the Pittsburghs, Buffaloes, Clevelands, at least in a regional aspect? I feel I feel like it. Yes, I I feel like the buyers in Erie are very similar to the buyers that we work with in the Pittsburgh markets, in the Central PA's, like your state colleges and Harrisburgs, where our other offices are. Um, the thing that's really neat for me as a specialist is, you know, ever since the around the time of the pandemic, these new products started coming out for consumers. So let's say you left a W-2 job and now you're self-employed or you're a contractor, for example, or you want to buy investment properties. Well, all of the more government-backed loans that have all these rules started getting difficult for some people to get into, and they created these new products out there. And what's happened with you know regular rates going up on normal mortgage products i'm going to call it is getting into some of these specialty loans if you're self-employed or you want an investment property and you don't have a job they're there now and the rates are kind of close to where the market is wow. i think it's creating an opportunity for some people and we and we are seeing those people don't care as much about the rate is there still such a thing as a no doc mortgage <laughs> <laughs> there, there's no no doc loans, but we have one. We have a webinar tomorrow for our no job, no problem. Oh, is that right? Wow. Everything now has to have some type of an income verification, yeah. but it's different. You don't have to provide bank statements, for example. The numbers are based on different things, and those things went away after 08. I mean, it was just very, you know, black and white what was offered, and now there really are good handful of loan products that are helping people who had a nearly impossible time after 08 getting mortgages. 20 seconds. Is Are we going back, though, to some of the bad old days of? No. Uh, okay. No. No, they're not like those. Okay. All right. We no. want to make sure that people who uh, qualify are able to stay in their houses. Erie Times News. This is back in September. Uh, the headline, How Hot? Is the real estate market near Erie? Home sale prices rise to $170,000. The median sales price for a single-family home during June was $170K. That's an increase of 13.3%. Year-over-year, prices have been rising 
and um, and and June is that was actually down. Uh, I have uh, Laban Marsh from Marsh and Marsh Real Estate, and we've got Megan Marsh from CoLab Lending. And I want to start right off the bat here because people see an article like that in the paper, they look at their Zillow and say. I'm in the money. Look at what my house is worth. Laban, you read the MLS every minute. Is Zillow at all accurate? <laughs> the Zestimates aren't, aren't something I would hang my hat on. Talk to a local real estate agent. And as we had mentioned, there's now about 700 of us out there. Yeah. Uh, and so, as you might imagine, with our inventory, there's plenty of advisors to, to help you out. But, um, yeah, I mean, and, and I think that's the most interesting thing is that in the MLS and with the statistics, it looks like there's nothing for sale. But our market is only down because we don't have the inventory. But for a lot of local brokers, the year, you know, 2020, 2021 were banner years. Um, there just haven't been as much inventory to sell. That's true for car salesmen as well. So, uh, and that goes back to when I talked about new construction. There's not a lot going on. And in part, a lot of people that were thinking about building or doing some renovation projects held back because lumber and all those things were going up. Uh, price of fuel has an influence on so many factors, delivery of all these items, all that. Um, but there's people like Meg and I who are right now in, in the throes of, of a renovation because we know that inflation brings a rise in assets. So it's a great time to invest in your property. And with doing so, it's not a bad time to look at the home equity loans and, and whatever else to get you there or refinancing. Um, but I was amazed at how many people with those low, low rates never did. They always said they were going to. And so if rates keep going up, which they could go up, but you can always refinance if they come down. So if you wait a year and now rates are seven and a half, seven and three quarters, um, I just don't think prices are going down. And I had an investor friend that said to me when, when prices started to get crazy, he said, well, aren't we due for some equity and, and some, uh, you know, appreciation as our homes? Absolutely. Erie had been, you know, uh, the, the prices were repressed for quite a while when we first moved home. I mean, the average home sale was about 115000 We'd go to other coaching seminars throughout the country, and people are like, what is your average home sale? It's like, yeah, 115000 <laughs> Wow. Um, we, we met in Connecticut when I, for a duplex in 02, I couldn't find any duplex in the state of Connecticut for under 250000 you, You'd almost be crazy to pay 250000 for a duplex in Erie County. Some might yield it, Mill Creek, uh, Summits, but that's 20 years ago. Uh, so, yeah, when people from outside look at Erie's market, they chop it. In fact, we manage property for a Las Vegas property manager. Buys his homes, his investment property. We manage them for him, and he's a licensed broker who does property management invest, but he spends his money in Erie because it's a great return investment. So there's so many people that you know locally don't realize what a great investment in Erie is. Where people outside of this place, New York City, this prices are incredibly. Uh, if you get a place on the water for a million, right. that's what people are paying in uptown, midtown. You know, we really do have a great market. Um, we just need more homes, and I think people there, there's just so much uncertainty um, that well, just invest. 
drone. Let me go down. Give me. Let's take two minutes and go down that rabbit trail. This comes up on my show all the time. Is that um, that the cost of labor and the cost of materials are keeping people from from doing the 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 types of uh, middle middler homes, you know, the the two hundred grand homes, new homes, like you would see in a major national development situation. Let's say um, I don't know. There's multiple the Fox homes, there's na national guys. That if you go to Charlotte, they have fifty different neighborhoods, and you can buy homes at 180, at 280, 385, you know what I mean? And it's all yes. the same builder. It's all about trim and uh, and square footage. But Erie's never really been that kind of a town with too small of a market. Well, and more than that, I don't know, Meg can talk, but I am coached by a gentleman out of Charleston, South Carolina. On there is a capital investor who looks at Erie's market as we were on a coaching call and he says, I would never invest in Erie because the population is declining. And he's looking at the city of Erie. He doesn't know. You know, Erie County has 300,000 people. The city of Erie just crept under 100,000, yeah. whereas we have housing stock for 130 or so. And a lot of it is so outdated and negative obsolescence where it just the, the flow of the home. And honestly, what's been great in the last two years, a lot of young investors that are really working hard to improve that market have been doing so. So I, I that's going to improve our sales over the next few years because we will have better inventory to sell once those people are in their transition of having kids or downsizing, whatever it is. But they so, need to use their equity is the thing. If, if that's what you were saying is right. people are saying, oh, the cost is so high. Is that correct, Joel? Well, I, 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 I think it's that you can't, you can't get into a new home for, like Laban was saying, under three, 325. Well, that just knocks everybody out except for the really high uh, income level. I mean, our let's face it, our market uh, average household income is significantly lower than the state and national average. That's got to play into what people are able to pay for houses, correct? Absolutely. It absolutely can, and it, it does, and that is part of it. Um, but I think that's where... We have an opportunity right now because markets, everything in the market has to start going up. And so if a buyer bought a house two years ago, how much equity that they've gained? I mean, we were seeing people who bought putting 3% down and they were able within one or two years to get their mortgage insurance off because Erie started catching up. And right now, the country's average, the, I think it's the average U.S. family has close to 185,000 in untapped equity. Wow. So if your house is outdated, then you do some improvements. Looking at, once again, it comes down to what are your payments, right? Not what the rate is. What are your total payments? Because that equi equity can be used to pay off something to get rid of one little payment. And then you improve your home. You're going to keep better and better for yourself and better and better for the area and for our economy. Okay, let's stay with you. I want to start now with um, first-time home buyers. Again, they let's say that typical double-income couple, recently married or what have you, and um, yeah. the rents keep going up and they go up, and now I'm paying twelve hundred for 
you know, mid-century modern hat laugh laugh, and uh, and that twelve hundred could go toward equity. What would you suggest? Where should they? I mean, what kind of price range would somebody w with seventy-five, eighty grand of looking? And that's am I my, are my numbers off? By the way, guys, I mean, uh, so or are you seeing? Was, go ahead. I was going to say so. How you kind of look at it is, um, if you make about eight, let's say, combined, you make around eighty thousand. That's about sixty-six hundred a month, okay, pre-tax, and it's usually a percentage of that conservative here but let's say you you can have total payments of 40 percent of that so 6600 times 40 percent is total payments you can have of about i'm gonna round here 2700 okay so and that's the piti right so 2700 is total payments right that's not just house so if you have a car loan Right. So if I'm saying twenty seven hundred, if you have a car loan for five hundred dollars, all that goes from twenty seven hundred to twenty two hundred. Gotcha. You have a student loan for two hundred dollars. Now that's down to two thousand. In two thousand, let's say those are your only two payments, you qualify for up to two thousand dollars a month in PITI. Correct. Okay. And what? If, what's two grand a month these days? The rate, I'm trying to think here. In Mill Creek, I was going to say, I mean, in the twos, mid twos. You get 225, 250? Yeah, I can That ain't it. bad. No, it, and, and there again, I think that's a probably modest um, income. You said 80,000 household. Hey, 80, um, again, that's that two people, 40 and a piece. Yeah. You can make that uh, uh, Uber driver, you know. Or yeah. you get that as a sub for the Erie School District. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, it, you know, and it depends, too, that first-time home buyer. Like, are you just starting out? Because one of the things that Laban and I did when we started out was we bought a two-unit or a three-unit, right? You're used to living close to other people. Buy something because now that's something our house is literally just are almost paid off and our kids are going to be entering college like you could pay your own student loans off you could pay for your kids college that way and it's so you get the other you know the other tenants subsidize your housing so you can keep saving for that next house that you want to buy so for first-time home buyers there's lots of options that you can do um you know if you're trying to buy up right kind of purchase for a bigger house you're saying basically with good credit with eighty grand coming into the into the house, um, do you might have some some options here now? Whether or not Laban and his uh, cohort can get you a two hundred twenty five grand house, so Laban, off the top of your uh, give me an anecdote of what you could sell this hypothetical couple. Well, I think that's where it's interesting because depending on our. Again, young couples, the city of Erie, although the taxes are a little bit higher, the prices are a little bit more reasonable. Um, so if you're a new couple without any kids and you've got a few years of being dinks that dual income, no kids, um, Meg and I, I was advised from my uh, employee up in Connecticut, buy a duplex, live on one side. And that first home, our mortgage was seven fifty. We had two nuns from the Sisters of St. Joseph at five and a quarter. 
Can so, I just put the numbers in so that we had the hard numbers? Uh, right now, even with, you know, around where rates are, house for about 250000 before taxes, the payment would be about $1,700. Okay. So about two fifty, dollars we're under there, which allows for some room to add those property taxes in. And so, you know, you're probably talking in that two fifty range in the scenario we just went through. All right, let's let's jump because I'm I'm got less than six seven minutes here. I want to jump to that starter people to their forever home, and so maybe it's uh, somebody living in Wesleyville or living in Lawrence Park, but they're looking at those really nice houses in a relatively new. Um, situation in Harbor Creek. Uh, what what would you say, first off, if they've accumulated any credit card debt or, like you say, student loans or whatever, you, you got to get rid of those to, to maximize your buying power, right, Megan? Yeah, and if you've got equity in your home, right, a lot of people get very, very fixated on, I need 20% down, right? I need 20% down. I need 20% down. It's not true. If you have good credit, take that equity from selling your home, pay off the credit cards, those car loans, and put 10% down, right? Put 15. There are products out there. You don't have to have the mortgage insurance, but get rid of that other debt because, yes, your buying power will fly up. Wow. Wow. All right. So that, one other thing I just want to mention real quick is um, I doing this example. I did a video about it in the last year. The amount of change in your mortgage payment by a whole percentage in interest rate doesn't even touch the change that will happen to your mortgage payment with a much lower credit score. Lower credit scores make you have higher interest rates, higher mortgage insurance. And so even just doing something, just, you know, making sure you're monitoring your credit with Credit Karma to make sure your credit's strong will help you have a much better mortgage payment than for doing with the interest what's a uh, what's a level that you guys in the mortgage business as far as credit score dicey so i would say to, to have this to have stronger uh interest rates and mortgage insurance you want to try to keep your score 680 above 700 is better right but 680 was totally fine. It gets dicey below a 620. We can still do loans down to a 580, not a problem. But once you start going below a 580, it gets very, very challenging. You're going to need a lot more down. And this is going to be a or controversial question. But is Erie worse, better, or the same with the typical uh, credit ratings that you see? Because you see a lot of credit reports i would say just the same i mean we see okay. the same thing in almost all markets and we see a very big range the the crazy part with credit scores is i can have someone with twenty thousand dollars of um, credit card debt have a 780 credit score and where someone might not have as strong of a score is the person no debt right or just one thing that they paid like once and it just kills them so being educated on how credit works is literally a mathematical calculation, and it's something we have to be teaching kids and all of us have to understand because it will make you pay hundreds of thousands in your lifetime if you don't understand it. 100%. All right. Um, so, 
Laban, back to you, and I'm down to a couple minutes here. Can you help us with that? Let's say it's this family that is now, you know, knocking on a hundred grand household income, maybe one twenty. Uh, they've got a nice house in Lawrence Park, but they want to move up to a, one of those mini mansions in Harbor Creek. What have you uh, enticing to you as a broker? Oh, yeah. I'd say in the last couple months, especially, uh, and for me, like as an investor, because I think a great opportunity for investment is going to be in the county for the single family homes. You know, we have a, a mix of multis, but I was out at a home and it was Mill Village, right, which is for the bus school district, great school district. And the home was sitting on an acre and I walked through it. And these clients I've been working with for about a year. And I didn't even, when they send me, they want to look at it. I don't, I know that they're comfortable with the price. I don't look at the price necessary. I just schedule it and go show it. So as we came down and walked through it, and this is, they wanted an older, you know, home with character. I'm thinking this home was 150,000, even in Mill Village, just because of the size, acreage. And she says, no, this is listed at 90. And I'm like, wow, I, I could put, you know, 25% down and make this really cash flow nicely just as it is. Now I could use some improvements. Um, and then you get into the one set, which there were some question marks, but it was the one of the first times in a long time I've like, wow, this listing agent priced this really well for what you get. Um, and and it's not something that worked for them, but it was refreshing just to be in the market. So this is something that could easily work for them. 220 buyer but they're just so with head with what do i do it was they've been looking kind of west county this was further east county southeast but it was a really great opportunity so i'm finally and i saw that also there was one on allegheny now there wasn't a flood of people at the showings i was there for 30 minutes with nobody but i went to call because my client wanted to make an offer there's like sorry we just got an offer so as much as it feels like it's it's kind of slow, people are in the dark, and yeah. there are opportunities if you're in tune, who is active in the mall and knows what's coming up and going down. I mean, you can still find some great opportunities. And as agents and as agents, please be more in this market because I think, especially some of the newer agents. They just want to get their client in something. Yeah. Whereas some of us that have been in a few decades and have seen the ups and downs are they tend to be a little more cautious. But right now, I just feel like prices are just going to continue to rise. And part of like we talked about the cost of construction, oil, fuel, you know, labor, all of these things. And if new inventory isn't being built, and it's not like it was in the booming years, that's lack of inventory down the road. Um, so, but I'm, ha I'm hopeful with resale. So there's still an opportunity to find something to fix it up. But a lot of the homes and the reason prices have gone up is that a lot of the homes that come on the market that are priced well are turnkey. I don't have to go get a 25% interest rate at or Home Depot. I'm, I might have a higher interest rate, but this home has everything I want. So I'll pay a little bit more. But, but because it again, what, what about the, what about if that person who's in the 225 range Buys the ninety, but needs ninety from you to fix it up. Can you can you supply that ninety on, on, a, on a wing and a prayer kind of thing? I wish more people would use the renovation loan. Okay. There is a handful of them, and they are they're fantastic. And yes, you can. It, it still is based on what you qualify for. Right. But yes, you can borrow extra 
to fix up the home. And finally, both of you, do you see that is going to revolutionize the housing stock from this mid-century modern that's in decline to maybe getting into the 21st century? <laughs> Boy, I will jump on that because I was such a big fan of Lerda, uh, and I still am. But, for instance, like right before the pandemic, we were getting ready to do a renovation on one of our homes in the city, a three-bed, one-bath. I was The roof needs done, so I was going to blow out a dormer, add another full bath. That way it's more compliant with the rental registration, and it added value. But because we got shut down and my contractors couldn't work, I didn't utilize Lerda, and I just rented it out for the $1,000 a month that we rent it for. It's a $130,000 home in the city, uh, but it could have been $150,000, $165,000 if I would have utilized Lerda, and I would have retained the taxes on the $100,000 value. So I love it. I think it's great, but it's just challenging because <laughs> there has to be, you know, and, and we demoed a, a duplex, an 1884 duplex. So I've got vacant land. But I want to build garages, and we've talked about this. Oh, yeah. We'll have to save that one for yeah, another no. show. I've asked the mayor specifically about garages, and uh, he's kind of like, we'll see. Um, <laughs> exactly. Megan Marsh, Megan Marsh, Laban, uh, uh, Megan Marsh from CoLab Lending. Thank you guys so, so much. Again. Uh, just keep going. This topic is so tired of everybody. We appreciate your time and expertise. Thanks, Thank Joel. Thanks for having us. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com. <laughs>